I've had a little bit of a sleepless night. I kept getting woken up by an old school hymn. And what I realized is, and I was ch chatting a little bit with David before, um, just some of these old school hymns were real things to put metal in people, you know? It was kind of like, you know, uh, guide me, O thou great Jehovah, over the world's tempestuous seas. It was, you know, um, you'd have courage, you know, and some of these kind of things. It was almost military, onward Christian soldiers, you know, all those things used to be um, sort of putting a lot of metal in people, things like that. But the one that came to mind had the phrase um, at the end, which... Um, Oh, still small voice of calm. Oh, still small voice of calm. And so in the middle of the night, I'm there going, yeah, Laura spoke on peace. <laughs> oh, still small voice of calm. And sometimes over a church, over situations, there's a lingering word that God brings that just hovers over for a number of weeks or months, and he just really wants it to get deep in us. And um, so I'm not going to try and attempt to do anything near what Laura did last week, which was absolutely fantastic, um, really earthed it um, so well in day-to-day -day life. But the passage I've got to speak on this morning is um, basically 1 Kings 19. And um, in this, there's a massive battle that takes place between the, 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 the priests of Baal, which were kind of under the rule of, the, uh, the, of, of Queen Jezebel via her husband, in, into the nation of Israel, there was this um, rule of, of kind of the, turning away from the things of God and turning to false idols. And Elijah, the prophet, whose name means the Lord, he is God, and kind of sums up Elijah and his ministry. It's his name. The Lord is God. The Lord is God. Right? So, you know, every time you say, hi, Elijah, you're saying, hi, the Lord is God. You know, what a great statement. But he led a massive turning in the nation. And this turning took place with um, two sacrifices and whichever God answered with fire. And basically, you know, the priests of Baal danced, cut themselves, did all kinds of things to try and get some kind of reaction. And, 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 and Elijah was joking, saying, maybe he's gone on holiday. Maybe he's gone to the toilet. Maybe there's things like this. It's all in there. Right? <laughs> he baits him, you know, teases him about things. And then orders a whole lot of water to be poured all over his sac sacrifice and then prays, and God answers with fire. And as a result of that, they got rid of the prophets of Baal. They chased them and, and hunted them down. And the, there was a turning point in the nation. And our story today, and our, our next inciting, comes after that. It comes after a great victory. I just want to say this morning, we sit in a great place of victory. Jesus has won it for us. Jesus, by his death on the cross, his resurrection, he has trashed the powers of darkness. Amen? And so in him, we have victory. In him, our lives are turned around from being on the receiving end of the devil's dealings to the delivery end of God's kingdom. <laughs> There's a massive difference. There's a shift. We're in victory. The turning point has happened. Yes? Amen? We live in that victory, don't we? 
I think so. Sometimes. That's where we're going. Right? It's... <laughs> computer's turned off now. The computer says no. But in the name... You're right. Ahab, the king, told Jezebel, the queen, who wore the trousers, all that Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so may the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. He, then he was afraid. He rose, ran for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah and left his servant there. So you've got this situation with Jezebel. The threat comes, right? So let's just think about it. She's saying, may the gods do to me. <laughs> they couldn't even light a fire the day before. Let's just remember this, okay? <laughs> but, but may the gods do to me, you know, even more, if you're not dead like one of them. That threat, that kind of intimidation. But that goes deep into Elijah, the great prophet, whose name means the Lord, he is God, um, welcome. You're welcome to join us if you like. Yeah, that's great. There we go. All right. All right. I'm recognizing people now. There we go. Right. But, but as, as, as he says, the Lord, he is God. The great man whose name and everything he does means the Lord, he is God, is terrified and intimidated by a message from Jezebel. And sometimes we are in that position, whereas Christians, we have it all in Jesus. He has done it. He's won it. He's broken through. And then uh, a tiny little thing where someone swears by gods who couldn't even light a fire the day before and we crumble in a heap. Anyone know what that feels like? Yeah? We all do, I think, to some, some extent. And if you think about it, Many mighty things can be turned by a little tiny point. And my little cousins, years ago, when we were down on the farm, doing, doing work on the farm, we had to release some bullocks from a shed, take them down a road after winter, and, and take them into an, a field further down. The, the, so we had to go down a little tiny Irish country lanes, um, and, and take them down to a field. And when you let bullocks out of a shed that they've been kept in all winter, they skip like lambs. And it's hilariously funny, because they're kind of, you know, they're kind of like, <laughs> and these huge, great big beasts skipping in the grass. It's hilariously funny. I mean, we were just laughing at them, right? And then what we had to do is take them down, and there's a whole load of people's properties off this lane with rose gardens and nice things and all down this little lane. And we had to go, and so my, my uncle was driving a tractor to drive them forward and he was sort of steering back and forth, make sure they went in the right direction. I had to take my younger cousins and go and block all the entrances down the next section and send one cousin on to stop them so that they'd stop them in the road. And we'd also move them down section by section down this probably half a mile stretch. 
to get them somewhere. And my little tiny cousins could barely ride a bicycle. Right, would cycle past the bullocks, right? Massive, great big things, cycle past, and then I'd lead them down and put, you know, you go on this gateway, and you go on this gateway, and you go on this gateway. And these huge, great big lumbering beasts, just released, full of energy, ready to run, um, come with, you know, down the, down the road. And my little cousins are there going, Whoa! <laughs> with their arms up, little tiny cousins, throwing their arms up, and that would stop the bullock in its tracks. You saw them skidding on the on the on the on the, on the tarmac because they they actually were scared stiff of it. And you think one of those bullocks could have killed them in an instant, but actually their pluck and their courage, and and what I'm aware of, sometimes a small voice can change a lot. And as we go on. Um, well, that, theirs weren't small voices, but, but there's a lot that can shift and change. And here's Elijah, who was a man just like us, who prayed and then rain came, <laughs> you know, is what it says in James. Here's, here's Elijah, a man just like us, gets terrified when actually he's in victory. Sometimes things get in. Verse 4, after he's left his, his uh, servant in Judea, but he himself went on a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat under the broom tree, a broom tree, and he asked that he might die. Is it enough now, O Lord? Take away my life, for I'm no better than my father's. And he lay down and slept under a broom tree. And behold, an angel touched him and said, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, at his head was a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. He ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came a second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, for the journey is too great for you. And he rose and ate and drank and went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights to Horeb, the mount of God. Very often when we're in a situation where we feel intimidated, I mean, you think an angel appears. Wow! He's too down to be too concerned. Okay, an angel showed a bit of food. Oh, I'll eat the food. Actually, an angel appeared again and said, have some more food. You're going to need it. He's been fed. I mean, he used to be fed by ravens. Now he's been fed by angels. Hey, wake up, Elijah. He doesn't wake up. He isn't aware of it. He's too down. He, I, I'd rather die. Actually, there's no way forward for me. I can't see it. This great man of God who called down fire from heaven and totally changed a nation's outlook on God is the guy who's down in the dumps. He can't even be pleased he's been fed by angels. He's been woken up by angels. You know, you you sort of see these little Disney things where little birds fly and and, and Snow White wakes up to birds' noises. And you know the kind of scene? Here's Elijah being woken up by angels, the most beautiful. Wow, angels waking him up, you know. What care from God. He can't even see the care of God. He can't even see what's going on because he's he's actually focused on something else. I'm, I'm going to die. I've got to run for my life. My life's falling apart. It's not in a good place. And he went to a cave. So, so not only this, let's just think. He's traveled 40 days and 40 nights nonstop to a cave. That is supernatural. Actually, in the middle of his feeling down, in the middle of his despair, 
He's actually doing supernatural feats. I mean, I bet there's a marathon runner in our church who would like to be able to run for 40 days and 40 nights nonstop, (laughs) uh, supernaturally charged by the Holy Spirit. Do you know what I mean? There are things like that absolutely amazing things happening all along around Elijah and he can't go wow about any of it. It's not, <laughs> you know? But he goes towards God. He goes towards the mountain of God. He goes towards somewhere he can meet with God. His focus is there. But there's amazing things. I mean, things that we, we would get really excited about, Elijah can't even see. And then it goes, when he came to the Mount Horeb, he came to a cave and lodged in it. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I've been very jealous for the Lord, the Lord of hosts. For the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant and thrown down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left. And they seek my life to take it away. And he said, go and stand on the mount before the Lord. Right? Now, just with this, here's, here's Elijah. And in the midst of his despair and everything else, he's, no, he's slept under a broom tree, been fed by angels twice, done a journey of 40 days and 40 nights nonstop in the power of the food and drink he'd had the whole way to Mount Horeb. He's he's on Mount Horeb, and guess what? God speaks to him. And when God speaks to him, it's not enough. He can hear the voice of God, but it's not enough. I always taught this years ago. Oh, he wanted to hear the voice of God. That's why he went there. And eventually he heard it. No, he heard it right at the beginning. He didn't just hear it at the end. God was speaking to him saying, go and stand here. Wow, God's told me to do something. He still loves me. Didn't matter to Elijah. Wasn't it? He said, go and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. Wow! Elijah, the Lord is passing by right in front of you. And great and strong, a strong wind tore the mountain and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And behold, there came a voice to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? I want to say this morning... Many of us have heard this, heard better sermons on it, all the rest. But Elijah has heard God. He's seen mighty acts, mountains torn by wind. Have you ever seen a mountain torn apart by wind? Not sure I have. Earthquake. Ever been in an earthquake? I've been in one or two. Yeah. 
Right? I was lying on a bed in Turkey and the whole thing started shaking. And four floors up, I began to think, Ooh, should I get out or not? <laughs> right? He's seeing the shaking of things. He's seeing fire. He's seeing things break loose. But what a, hits Elijah is this still, gentle whisper. And that still, gentle whisper hits him right there. That's where he gets up. That's where he goes out of the cave. That's where something happens. And the verse that was in that hymn that I had all night, I woke up about three or four times with it. I was still, small voice of calm. Oh, still, small voice of calm. There's something in each one of us. We can run for the next achievement. We can run for the next breakthrough. We can run for the next thing there is. We can, oh, look at me. I've got it all going. This has happened. This has happened. The other's happened. But God wants to speak a still, small voice of calm so deep into our spirits it's more powerful than anything else. There's a still small voice of calm God wants to speak to each one of us. And he wants to bring that. There's no surprise that Leslie's worship leading this morning had that intimacy. Because there's a still small voice of calm that God wants to speak to. It doesn't matter. Whether, it's not just for grown-ups. It's not just for <laughs> younger people. It's not for... It's, he wants to speak it to us. I wonder what the word said. Does it matter? Do you think they'd be here if it mattered, yeah? But it wasn't the voice, it was the tone. There was something in that gentle whisper that got right into Elijah's spirit. But Elijah's still in the same place. Let's go on. He said, I've been, you know, he said, what are you doing here, Elijah? And he said, I've been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. Right? For the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, only I, am left. And they seek my life to take it away. <coughs> There's a wonderful thing on YouTube, if you want to look it up. It's Beaker from the Muppets, and he does Ode to Joy. Has anyone seen it? Right? Hannah has, right? Shall I sing it for you? As a Muppet, I'm a total Muppet. It goes, it goes like this. Me, 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 me. Yeah, you get it? It's really funny. You've got, it's a good laugh, right? But Mupp that Muppet is singing, me, 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 <laughs> yeah? <coughs> me, 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 <laughs> yeah? Here's Elijah doing a, a bit of a Muppet thing here. He's going, I, only I. There's a bit more drama in it. <laughs> but it's the same thing. And it probably doesn't have Ode to Joy because Beethoven needed to appear later. But, 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 but actually, 
There's that me, me, me. And when we're down, sometimes all we can see is me. If you ever want to cheat at I Spy, Hannah, little Hannah, Josh, big Hannah, Isaac, if you're ever playing I Spy with anyone, here's how you cheat. I spy with my little eye something beginning with M. No, not you. Do you get it? Only I can say me, yeah? Everyone else can go, oh, it's me. No, it's not you. It, it's me. <laughs> and that's how you cheat. You totally ruin an I spy game, okay? Right? It's very simple. So you remember that one for long car journeys. Right. But that sense of Elijah, he has become, no matter what mighty things are happening around, there is something deeply personal in Elijah where his vision has been narrowed to himself. I, only I. Sorry, Elijah, you've just trashed the prophets of Baal. Actually, 400 of them have been done away. The whole nation has turned, and here you are saying, nothing's changed. Because the focus has moved in. And actually, God wants to lift our gaze. God wants to lift us up. God wants to change something. When you notice things go all about me, 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 right? When it gets like that, what can you do? Oh, I can seek the Lord. I can be fed by angels. I can have, yeah, great. But when we turn our focus outward, even if it's to turn our focus into worship, Lord, you're great. Lord, you're wonderful. Lord, thank you for all the things you've done in my life. Right now I'm feeling low. Right now I'm feeling fed up with things. But actually there's a sense where you have done great things in the past and I know you'll do them again. When we turn our focus outwards onto others, my, I used to ring, I used to live on my own and work in a church. That's, that's a bad combination, I'll tell you, right? Because you hit loads and loads of hassles and you've got no one to arrive home and talk about them with, you know? I used to ring my parents, drive them nuts, right? And they say, I think they just got fed up. They just said, go and do something for someone else. <laughs> not, not in that tone. It was much nicer. Why don't, you, why don't you go and do something for someone? Right? And actually, I think, okay, I will. And I'd go and help someone. I'd go and visit someone that needed visiting or needed help or doing something like that. And it just broke something time and time again. Actually, I got through those five years by doing that. It breaks something open. It changes something. The dynamic of it moves. But here we've got Elijah stuck in the me, 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 right? I, only I. It's a total lie. He already knows that a whole load of prophets are stashed in a cave somewhere. He already knows those things, but his focus has shifted onto something. And this attack of the enemy on Elijah has, has, has changed his focus onto his own demise, into his own way forward, in, into what's happening with his life. The focus has narrowed it all down, and he can't shake it, and he can't shake loose. And it's taking God in massive ways to break in on him. And he's a great man of God. 
Oh, I wish I could call down fire from heaven. It would save a lot of effort, wouldn't it? Imagine the heating bills you'd save. <laughs> you know, there, there, there's a whole load of things. Elijah's seen all of that. But when his life narrows in on a point, it's a struggle. And, and James tells us, look, great people like Elijah were just people like us. And when you hear this, I can say, yeah, I, I think I know some of what Elijah feels sometimes. You know? <laughs> no. <laughs> right. The Lord said, verse 15, go and return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive, you shall appoint Haziel to be king of Syria, and Jehu, um, son of Nimish, you shall appoint to be king over Israel. Elisha, the son of Saphat, um, you shall anoint to be prophet in your place. And the one who escapes from the sword of Haziel shall Jehu put to death, and the one who escapes the sword of Jehu shall Elisha put to death. Yet I will leave 7,000 in Israel, all the knees that haven't bowed to Baal, and every mouth that hasn't kissed him. What he's saying is, Elijah... It's time for you to impart. He says, Elijah, it's time for you to impart through others. It's time, like Moses, Moses was weighed down with all the people queuing up for him to make decisions. And his father-in-law said to him, actually, it's time to appoint leaders and delegate. Here, Elijah prophetically is told the same thing. Actually, you need to delegate at this point, Elijah. This is the way forward. There are things that need to be passed out. And something shifts. Elijah goes and does all of this. And we get Elisha into the scene, asks for a double anointing of Elijah's, gets it. There's twice as many miracles for Elisha as there is for Elijah recorded in scripture, except for one. It's one shy of twice as many. And that last miracle happens when someone is thrown into a cave because they're scared of bandits. A dead body is thrown into a cave. And when the dead body touches the bones of Elisha, it comes back to life. <laughs> and that's, that makes it up to double Elijah's. It's amazing, right? Great things are done. Great things are achieved. But it's not about the achievements. We can't measure our value by the achievements. Our value is in who we are in God. Our value comes from that point. And we need an intimacy with God that convinces us, right, that actually we're his. We need to hear that still small voice of calm. That's pretty much a bit from Elijah. Now we're going to old school hymns. When God speaks prophetically, very often there's a sense in it that is multi-layered. And I believe God has been speaking to us as a church prophetically through Andy's message the other week. It was like a real groundbreaking message on repentance and forgiveness. Laura's message last week was highly prophetic. And, and brought in a lot on peace. And a lot of people have told me they felt a lot of peace from that. And then sometimes God gives you the overarching what's happening. And sometimes he ties it in with a Bible passage and it all plays out. And sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's a picture, a vision. This time it's an old school hymn. <laughs> right? 
Dear Lord and Father of mankind, this is Andy's sermon. Listen to this. Dear Lord and Father of mankind, forgive our foolish ways. Reclothe us. So repentance is about changing a mindset. Reclothe us in our rightful mind in purer lives thy service find. In deeper reverence praise. In deeper reverence praise. I just want to say off that. There's repentance summed up in that verse. There's some elements of that where it's saying in deeper reverence praise. When we change our mindset, we get a better view of God. Our worship of him is better. There is something released in him that moves us into another level. Second verse, right? In simple trust like theirs who heard behind the, beside the Syrian sea, the gracious calling of the Lord, let us like them without a word rise up and follow thee. Rise up and follow thee. There's a sense where if we've been looking in Acts at the Apostle Paul and his whole life was about Jesus. It wasn't high. I'll give my life to Jesus. He'll make everything nice for me. I'll make all the decisions about my life and expect God's blessing on it. No, he made his whole life about following Jesus. And God is calling us to follow him. He's calling us to be about him. He's called us to be about his promptings. We've, we've had um, teaching on that on the way through. O Sabbath rest by Galilee, O calm of hills above, where Jesus knelt to share with thee the silence of eternity, interpreted by love, interpreted by love. And everything that God does for us needs to be interpreted by love. There's some deep phrases in this. There's some of that calm of walking with God, that calm of walking with him. And, and he wants to, us to realize his love. He wants us to realize his actions are loving towards us. He wants us to know that deep inside. And then we go to Laura's sermon. Drop thy still dews of quietness till all our strivings cease. Take from our souls the strain and stress and let our ordered lives confess the beauty of thy peace, the beauty of thy peace. <laughs> it's just wonderful. It's not about the striving. It's not about the stress. It's not about the strain. It's a beautiful peace that God can put in us in the middle of our busy lives, in the middle of all those things. It's not just a withdrawing that, that's all quiet and everything. There are moments like that. But this is let, let our souls, the strain and take from our souls the strain and stress. Don't let strain and stress get into your soul. And, and let our ordered lives confess. Sometimes it's disorder in our lives. <laughs> we need to move it to order. That gives us a bit more peace. But the beauty of thy peace. Lord wants to bring a beauty of his peace upon us. And then today, verse 5. Breathe through the heats of our desire. Let thy coolness and thy balm. Let sense be dumb let flesh retire. Speak through the earthquake, wind, and fire. O still small voice of calm. O still small voice of calm. 
And so, Lord, we just turn to you. We just thank you. Your hand's been on us. And, and even an old hymn we can find without even knowing it. We've been working through some of the verses of it. And so, Lord, I just pray in the middle of the earthquake, the wind, and the fire, let your still small voice of calm be heard. Let that strong sense of your presence just break through deep inside. Just come afresh upon us, Lord. And Lord, just come and through the heat of desire, through the things that make our hearts ache, through the, the, the things that, f that we drive for and strive for, I just want to lay those things aside for a moment to say, Lord, come still small voice of calm. Come speak into our stress. Come speak into the things we face. Come speak into the negativity that surrounds us and convinces us of the doom around us. Come speak deep inside a word into us as a church, a word deep inside of us of calm and you've got us you're with us your victory is ours come still small voice of calm come speak to everyone here everyone online just come bring your presence upon us afresh in Jesus name Amen and just as Elijah from this moment had a task of involving others, drawing others in. There needs to be something from us of a still small voice of calm that we need to speak into others' lives. Just as Elijah took this outward, we need to take the inner calm that God gives us and the peace he gives us and bring it outward. We need to be speaking into the storms of life, be calm, be still, in the name of Jesus. We need to speak to frightened people who can be like horses rearing up and angry and all. We need to speak calm, deep into situations. It's vital we win the battle for the still small voice and get that with God worked through, or we can never bring the word of calm and peace around us. And, and even though there's been nation change behind Elijah, it's this next phase that will cement it in. And actually for us, there's things that God wants to cement in place. I'm speaking prophetically, he wants to cement some things in place. It's vital we spend time with him and hear that still small voice of calm. Are you anxious? Are you stressed? Are you feeling your life's falling apart? This is for you this morning is a still small voice of calm that was speaking to Elijah the whole way through, but he couldn't hear it. There's a word God wants to speak to you. You want interpreted by love. And he interprets you by love. Where you're misunderstood, where you're not getting place, he understands you because he sees you through the eyes of love. So Lord, just come move on us afresh. In Jesus' name.